Well, good morning, everybody. All right. Hey, I want to greet all of you who are watching online today, uh, wherever you find yourself, whatever day you find yourself in. Greetings to you. Also want to say hello to those of you in Waterbury, in New Milford, and in Derby in our campuses, and uh, for those of you who are here in our Bethel campus. Um, I have some high expectation that God's going to move in power today. I've been anticipating this, this moment for, for many weeks, actually, and praying towards it. And, you know, oftentimes it's just good for us just to kind of announce and proclaim that we are in the presence of God, right? Right now, God is, is here. Whatever living room you find yourself in, God is with you. Whatever campus whether it's Derby or Waterbury, New Milford, no matter what part of the world you're in, the presence of God is there. Let's approach this message and the word that the Lord wants to share with us, trusting that he's here with us. The God of the universe is here. God is here right now well if God is here don't you think he wants to do something in us (laughs) I mean when I walk in as a father I'm always trying to correct and change and transform and mold okay all the time I'm always wanting to give a word of encouragement a word of wisdom a word of direction always Doesn't every good father want to do that? Our heavenly father is here. Why wouldn't he want to move? We've been talking about the spirit of God. And um, this has been great just to dive in as we we're talking about bringing heaven to earth. We've been looking at who the Holy Spirit is. We've been looking at different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, like the gift of faith and hospitality and service, prophecy, Well, today I want to ask a question and and try to give some answer to it. And the question is this, is does God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, still heal today? Oh, well, good, you know the answer. (laughs) Yes, he does. Now, here's the thing, it's a difficult question, right? Because if you answer the question, no, does God heal today? No. Well, then you have to answer for all those miracles and all those healings that are taking place. You need to look into the faces of people who say and give their testimony, I've been healed. And somehow you have to conjure up some kind of logic or something to say, no, you're wrong. Something's wrong with you that you even believe this. It's a difficult question sometimes, though, too, to to say yes. Does God heal today? Yes, Because we have to live in that tension of, well, why doesn't God heal all the time? I want to tell you just from the very beginning is that that's the tension that I choose to live in, is that God does heal today. I'm going to bring you through a biblical journey of the God who heals in just a moment. But I believe that scripture teaches us that we serve a God who heals, And he hasn't stopped doing so. 
My experience tells me that God heals today. That I've been in, in rooms and places where we've prayed and God has healed his children. I've seen people go from not being able to see in one eye to, to seeing. I've, I've, I've been there. I've, I've experienced it. I've seen even in my own family as we've prayed for different individuals, healing come. I've been a part of people's journey and seeing them healed emotionally and spiritually. So my experience tells me that. But I also live in that tension because, friends, there have been times where I've, I've called on the Lord for him to heal my friends and they haven't been healed. I've called on, on the Lord to come and healed some of your loved ones and, and it hasn't happened. And I've had to live in that tension of, God, why not? What's happening? But friends, I, I want us today to step into faith. It really doesn't matter the amount, <laughs> just enough <laughs> to be able to for, come before our God and say, Lord, would you would you continue to be healer in our lives? And if we could be so bold, Lord, would you come in this day, in March, daylight savings where you got us up early? Would you come and would you heal us? I wanna, I wanna travel through the Bible. You know, oftentimes I'll take a passage and just stand that passage. Other times, you know, I'll, I'll go through many scriptures. And what I wanna do today is kind of give you a, a narrative from the beginning of scripture to the end. And, and believe me, I've only got like 20 more minutes, so I'm not gonna keep you here all day, okay? But I wanna give you a, a journey of the God who heals. And then I, I wanna call God to come and just invite him to come and do a healing work within us. Do you know, when we look at the Old Testament, that's the beginning books, it's more than half of your Bible, <laughs> When we look at the Old Testament, we see a God who heals. And as you read through the, the Old Testament, this is before Jesus comes to earth, you can see different aspects here, and you can see great support and, and, and proof that our God is a God who heals. When you look at the Old Testament, you see that it's the very character of God, that he is healer. I love in Exodus chapter 15, the Lord comes, and this is right after Moses delivers the people through the Red Sea. Now they're in the wilderness, they're beginning their wanderings, and they haven't eaten for many days, and they're beginning to grumble. I don't think they knew the journey they had ahead of them. They're beginning to grumble, and in this context, the Lord comes, and he speaks to the people, and he says, I am the Lord, the God who heals you. Actually, it's in his very character to be healer. That God can't put off this characteristic of healer. It's who he is. Much like we talk how God is love. He can't set aside love. It's who he is. In the same way, God is healer. I love also in the Old Testament, we learn that God not only is it in his character, but he promises to heal. He promises to do it. In Exodus chapter 23, there's this moment where God promises to protect his people and deliver them from illnesses if they choose to serve him. Our God, he, he promises this. Not just to have a characteristic of healer, but actually to heal. The Old Testament, we also see God actively step out into this character of his 
and he actually heals people. As you go through the Old Testament, you see these moments where God comes and he, he physically heals his people. We see in 1 Kings chapter 13, there's this story of a man of God who comes and he heals the hand of King Jeroboam. It's a great story. You should read about that story. He heals the hand. When you continue on in 2 Kings chapter 4, you read the story of this boy and Elijah actually prays for this woman to conceive of a child and, and have this son, and she does. Elijah goes away. The boy passes away. The woman runs and, and retrieves Elijah, and Elijah comes back, and he goes into the room where the boy has now been dead for several days. He lays on him. He lays on him again, and the boy is brought back to life. I think of the story in 2 Kings chapter 5. There's a story of this man named Naaman. He's a commander of the army of the king of Aram. He has leprosy, this disease where people wouldn't touch you or be around you. You're the outcasts of society. And Elisha comes to this man and says, hey, listen, this is what you need to do. You need to dip yourself in the Jordan River seven times. Now, this commander, Naaman, is a bit skeptical wouldn't you be? <laughs> what are you talking about? Dip myself in the river seven times. That's the Lord saying to do. Finally, reluctantly, he does it. And when he comes out of the water the seventh time, scripture tells us that his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. We see in scripture in the Old Testament before Jesus came that God is healer. He promises to heal and he actively healed his people. There are these breakthroughs of God moving in power through healing in the Old Testament. Then we come to the New Testament. The very first words of Jesus in Mark's gospel sound like this in chapter one. He says, the time promised by God has come at last. Remember, the Jewish people were waiting for this new age to come, where the Messiah would come and deliver them. And Jesus comes on the scene, chapter one of Mark's gospel. The time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Do you know, Jesus, one of the main themes of his teaching was about the kingdom of God. It was central to his teaching. The Greek word for kingdom does not only express a political or a geographical realm. A kingdom is a place where somebody rules and reigns. But in the Greek, it doesn't just restrict itself to, to a space and a, a place, but it also carries this notion of activity. When a person rules a kingdom, you, you see their activity, you see their desires, you see their heart, you see what their hopes are. You see what their laws are, their restrictions are. Well, when Jesus says, I've come to usher in this kingdom of God, he's not just saying this physical location. He's ushering in the activity of God in a brand new way. The kingdom of God means God ruling and reigning, doing things among his people. Jesus was ushering in this new kingdom where God would come in a new way. And Jesus taught about this kingdom over and over and over again. He even said some will be able to see, some will be able to understand, others won't be able to understand. He, he talks about the kingdom in, in a few different ways. 
The first is he talked about the kingdom as this future reality. You know, there are over 300 references to the time of Jesus' return, after his death and resurrection. And Jesus talks about this aspect of the kingdom of God, that we have something to look forward to. There will be this new heaven and this new earth. We, we talked a lot about this in the fall, didn't we, as we talked about heaven. Jesus himself will be there. We'll have new resurrected bodies. There'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more weeping, no more pain. Jesus talks about this future aspect of the kingdom where all will totally be healed on that day when he returns. But Jesus also talked not just about this future reality of the kingdom, but about the present reality of the kingdom of God. He taught that there'd be these present realities, these aspects of the kingdom coming now. He even tells the Pharisees this in Luke's gospel, chapter 17. The kingdom of God is within you. It's already here. It's among you. The activity of God is here. Jesus even taught that the kingdom could be discovered. He taught about the parable of the hidden treasure. It's a treasure that can be found. And then Jesus lived his life ushering in this new kingdom. And it was characterized by the forgiveness of sins, the extinguishing of evil, the raising of the dead, resurrected life, bringing people from an old life into a new life, and the healing of the sick. These touch points, these breakthroughs of what is to come. And so we often describe the kingdom of God as already but not yet. It has this future aspect, but it's here now as well. Now, the Jewish expectation looked a little bit like this. They believed that the Messiah would usher in the kingdom completely in one moment, that it would go from this age to a new age like that. But Jesus, he's ushered in the kingdom in a different way. It looks something more like this, where there's this overlap where there's this age, and then Jesus comes. He comes to earth born as a baby, ushering in this new kingdom, bringing in the kingdom of God while while we live in this dark world, awaiting for his return. And you can see today we live in this overlap place where we get to experience the kingdom of God, but at the same time, we're warring against evil in this world, where there's brokenness and there's darkness. And this might answer some of our questions of why, why isn't there healing all the time? Why, why is there still evil in this world? Well, because right now we're still on mission, friends. We're called to be the light to this dark world. Where yes, the kingdom of God is is here. We need to press into that and, and call upon Jesus to bring the light through us. But we can't be surprised that the evil one is still messing about. We have a great future when Jesus returns. But until then, we we bring the kingdom of God at hand. We bring it right here among us. We bring light into darkness. It's kind of like the month of March. (laughs) It's kind of like the month of March where, man, we want it to be spring, don't we? Man, and, and there's a few days where it's like, wow, spring is here. And then it snows the next day. What's going on? It's already, but not yet. Why does this matter? Here's why it matters. 
I believe Jesus, he came to defeat the evil one. We read that in scripture, he came to defeat the evil one. I believe Jesus came so that we could have the forgiveness of sins. He did a great work on the cross. I also believe, and just as importantly, that Jesus came to start his kingdom. He came so that a new age of God's presence and power would come among us and that we would experience it today and in fullness when he returns. When you look at the life of Jesus in the gospels, do you know a quarter of the gospels is concerned with healing? Again, this is the kingdom of God, the activity of God. And if God's very character is a healer, if his promise is to heal, if he acts as healer, then this is what Jesus is ushering in. Jesus himself had a great healing ministry. In Matthew's gospel, chapter four, verse 23, it says this, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And catch this, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. This was the ministry of Jesus. So important was this ministry that when Jesus decided to send out his 12 disciples without him, he sent them to continue this kind of work. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, this is what Jesus says to the 12 as he sends them out on their own. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. This was their mission. When Jesus sends out the 72, he calls them to the same thing. He sends those disciples out. says, listen, you're to go out, and in my name, you're going to do these things. And here, we even have evidence that as they went out, they were successful. They don't come back and say, it didn't work, Jesus. <laughs> that was a real bummer. Why did you send us out on that mission? No, they come back so excited, so excited. They even say this in, in, in Luke's gospel, chapter 10, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Wow, Jesus, you sent us out. Listen, part of us didn't believe it was gonna happen, but we went out and in your name, your kingdom came. Your will was done. I love in Mark's gospel, chapter 16, if that's not, not enough, it actually teaches us that as believers, that miraculous signs will accompany believers. All that means, friends, is this, is that as people who believe in Jesus and are filled with the Spirit of God, we should expect to see God-like things. That's really all that means. That if God is with us, then there ought to be this expectation and anticipation that God's going to move, that his kingdom is going to come, that the activity of his kingdom is going to happen, and he's going to do it in and through us. If we continue on in the book of Acts, which is really just a recording of the spirit of God's work through his people as the church begins and it spreads across the known world at the time. In the book of Acts, we see the disciples carrying out this same calling. After Jesus rises from the dead and ascends to heaven, heaven through his spirit, his disciples are carrying out his work. They continue to go out and heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Now, friends, as I look at this part of the journey and where we are today, and as I look at Scripture, there's no place in Scripture that tells us that healing 
was confined to a particular period of time, particular place in history. There's no place in scripture that teaches us that God's power in this way has stopped or that an aspect of God's kingdom has been put on pause. I just don't see it. There's no place in scripture that says that part of the character of God is no longer his character. I just don't see it anywhere. And so as I read scripture and I see it, what I feel like we're called to do is to bring the kingdom of God now. And a part of the kingdom of God is God's healing power. God's healing power. You know, it doesn't just stop there in terms of healing. Is that we see healing throughout history after the, the pages of scripture. We look at Origen, who was a theologian in the late 100s and early 200s. And he said this of Christians. They expel evil spirits and perform many cures and foresee certain events. The name of Jesus can take away diseases. When you look further on in history in 354 to 430, one of the greatest theologians of the first century, Augustine, says this. Even now, miracles are wrought in the name of Christ. What am I to do? I am so pressed by the promise of finishing this work, that is what he's writing right there, that I cannot record all the miracles that I know. Let's go even closer to our time today. In the early 1700s and late 1700s, Edward Gibbon, the English historian, scholar, and author, he lists five causes for the remarkable and rapid growth of Christianity. One of which is this, and this is him writing in quotes, the miraculous powers of the primitive church. Let me just bring it closer to us. Last week, we heard somebody give testimony that they couldn't see. They gave their life to Jesus. They asked for Jesus to heal them, and they see. You watched it on film. I don't know if you missed it, but you saw it on film. If you were here last week, if you tuned in, as we praised and thanked God for our Church in Action partners, and we saw a fountain of hope in Cambodia, and the, and the woman was there on film saying, I gave my life to Jesus, and, and he healed me. We just saw it. And I don't think she's a liar. Just recently, I had the privilege of praying for a woman named Susan who needed healing. She was abused as a child by her father and, and she couldn't see her heavenly father in the way that God loved her because of that. And we prayed for her. And it was as if scales fell off and she was able to see God in a brand new light. This healed perspective of who God is as her heavenly father. And this healed view of who she is as a child of God. God heals today. He heals our identities. He, he can heal our bodies. He can heal our emotions. I love throughout scripture we read that our God is a God who saves have you heard that before? In Zechariah chapter 8, it says this. This is God speaking. I will save my people. In Isaiah 49, the Lord speaks and he says, your children I will save. In Psalm 68, David says this about the Lord. Our God is a God who saves. 
In Matthew's gospel, chapter one, this is when the angel of the Lord goes to Joseph and says, guess what? Mary's gonna conceive of, of a child. Take her in. This is what the angel says. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Do you know, friends, that the Greek word for I save is also I heal. And so you could look at these verses in Zechariah 8. The Lord is saying, I will heal my people. In Isaiah 49, your children I will heal. In Psalm 68, our God is a God who heals. In Matthew 1, the angels, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will heal his people from their sins. Our God is a God who heals. Just a couple last thoughts before I close. The first is this. It's the presence of God that brings healing. Not a person, not a formula. The presence of God. Where God is, he is healer. And he can bring healing to us. Second thing I wanted to share with you is this. God wants to restore all things. This is his heart. We have to be okay with the I don't know answer. Why didn't God heal? I'm not sure in this particular situation. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. But I know that he will. Maybe today. Maybe tomorrow. But definitely in the future. In glory. Our God wants to and will restore all things. Third thing I want to share with you is this. Is that our part is to step out in faith and humbly ask. And again, it's not about the amount We've messed this teaching up when we've told people you weren't healed because you didn't have enough faith. When I look at the stories of Scripture, it usually only took just a mustard seed amount of faith. We've told people, oh, that person wasn't healed because you didn't pray in faith. It's not about the amount. Sometimes the amount we need is just enough to utter the prayer. Just enough to get up and come before the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, would you come and move in power? Each and every one of us, friends, is invited into the presence of God to ask. You might remember a few weeks ago I preached on Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, and the story of Bartimaeus, who was blind. And Jesus calls Bartimaeus out from the crowd and and calls him before him. And he asks this question that at first glance looks pretty ridiculous. What can I do for you? (laughs) You have to think, Bartimaeus, what do you mean? Isn't it obvious? But I love how Jesus was, in one sense, requiring Bartimaeus to speak it out. To really bring it before him. And Bartimaeus says, I want to see. Jesus, I want to see. Friends, I wonder if Jesus came in physical form right now and stood before you and looked you in the eyes and said, what can I do for you? What would you say? What would you ask of him? Are you in need of healing? Are you carrying around a a deep wound? might not be physical, might be a a scar because of words that were shared over you, might be because somebody hurt you in the past. If Jesus were looking at you right in the eyes, 
What do you want from me? What would you ask? I pray that as we turn to worship now, that we might even share those things with the Lord. That we might say, Lord, I need healing from this brokenness in my life. Lord, I have this pain in my back that, Lord, it's just driving me nuts. It's hard for me. It's bringing me into depression and hurt. Lord, would you heal me? Lord, I'm struggling through this cancer battle. Would you, would you hear my prayer? Would you heal me? Lord, there's brokenness in a relationship with my son or daughter. Lord, would you heal it? Lord, I'm calling on the God who is our healer. Would you come? And let's boldly ask. And so I pray in all of our campuses that we might do the same, that we might boldly ask the Lord to come and heal. I pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.